T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Overnight America, it's Hancock and Kelly sitting in for Ryan Recker. John Hancock, the news Yo. right there. Brad just informed us that it's very possible that indoor dining could be taking place in St. Louis County as soon as next week. Now, here's what I don't get. Um, I supported the ban on the dining because they said the numbers were up. I'm not seeing any statistics that are showing our numbers going down, that suddenly we can open up uh, the restaurant doors again. What's going on here? Well, there never was any numbers uh, that would indicate that indoor dining was a particular problem, different than indoor Walmarting or indoor targeting uh, or indoor going to the FedEx store and sending an overnight package uh, or going to the post office. Uh, you know, there never was a rationale, in my opinion, uh, to shut down restaurants. And in fact, St. Louis County is the only place in the region that did shut down restaurants again. Uh, if you wanted to eat somewhere, you could go to St. Charles, you could go to the city of St. Louis, you could go to Franklin County, you could go over to the east side. And um, so, you know, it it's kind of much ado about nothing, in my well, opinion. Well, it really is, right? Because, I mean, the, if we're looking at this, this was just before Thanksgiving, if I'm correct, that the order came in. And now it's going to be right after the new year, we're going to open up. We're in the and heart here's of the what, winter right now. This and, is when the he, disease is supposed to be spreading the most. Yeah, and here's what really stinks, is that restaurants make their money during December, during the holidays. Uh, that's when restaurants are busy, Christmas parties, company Christmas parties, uh, people dining out, getting ready, you know, in the holiday spirit. And you shut the restaurants down during the month that they make their money, and you open them back up in January, which is the slowest month for restaurants if you're in the industry uh it makes no sense it's a well, uh, it makes no i think it's a slap in the face yeah the numbers don't seem to be going down i mean the numbers continue to stay steady and come on we're now in the heart of the winter this is when being indoors and being close to each other is problematic but suddenly that's going to open up i just wonder what ultimately is going on here uh it always has been curious to me that some of the area shut down uh, restaurants and other parts didn't. Some of the area would wear masks or mandate masks and others didn't. This disjointed stuff that's taking place in the St. Louis region, although it's not really exclusive to St. Louis, I hear from friends around the country that they're experiencing the same parts in their region, but 
goodness gracious, if there seems to be something we could be on the same page together on, it would be healthcare. <laughs> on the I mean, same can, page. Oh, yeah, well, I didn't, uh, no pun intended. I didn't even think about that. But, I mean, it is kind of messed up that there's so such disjointed rules in the region. I wonder what people think. Do they think that shutting down the restaurants helps no. stop the spread? 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. I've, I've still got a couple of cigars to give away if you want to get in, uh, 436-7900. Uh, and this, this whole restaurant thing, uh, in my opinion, was ridiculous. And it really did real damage to these businesses. And, well, you know, what, what didn't you like about it specifically? Because I think the intention of what Dr. Page was saying is if we closed restaurants, we forced people to be outside, less people would be spreading disease amongst each other. He uh, said that there was data that showed that dining in restaurants was, Where was a driver it? of the passage Where was it? of that. Where was the data? Well, I don't know. I'm just going with what he said in his little conferences. Uh huh. I yeah. didn't, I never saw any data. And, uh, and you're shutting down restaurants, you're not shutting down literally anything else. Um, and, you know, these are, these are small business. This is the epitome of a small business, a restaurant owner yeah, and, but, or, so John, or a general you, manager. What are you implying? Was there something more nefarious here? I mean, I don't think he was intentionally trying to harm one industry or another. No, he was. He truly believes that this is a driver of passive yeah. disease. Yeah, no, he was he was drunk. He was drunk with power. I mean, he he saw he had some power and he was going to shut down restaurants. I don't think he was particularly going after restaurants, but that was something he could shut down and he shut it down and and uh, and they're hurting. And, you know, you've got I think about all these servers because I, I frequent, you know, you've seen me. I eat a lot. And uh, <laughs> Ditto. yeah, I, I frequent a lot of these restaurants and, you know, you get to know these people the the server and the bartender and the in the GM and the owner and uh and and these folks are having a really really hard time and no, no you know it, it. It, and to single out that industry which is a vital industry for the quality of our lives if you if you just think about how much time and money each of us spend uh dining out enjoying you know, having another couple out, oh, you, you hit yeah. the town and go to dinner. And you and I have gone to yeah, many a, a fine restaurant. Most of my meals are, are, are made by uh, local restaurants. Unfortunately, I've been in the city where uh, while struggling, many of the restaurants in my neighborhood continue to fight and I'm trying to patronize them. Yeah. Um, and uh, you do, you do feel sorry for a lot of those businesses that are out there. But and the then, best thing about the best thing about going out to dinner with you, Kelly, is that uh, you pick up the check. Well, there's so, no doubt about it. I'm but, missing but, that. Kind of like uh, I'm consistently the person who will pick up the check. I'd like consistency in these orders. Um, so if we're going to close the restaurants, which you know I was supportive of because the data, uh, according Never. to the county executive, there's no data was there. Where's the data that shows that we should now roll it back? I, there's I no mean, data. Let's be consistent. Let's be consistent here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's probably and what just the, what really stinks about this is that he's opening them up at the slowest month of the year for the restaurant business after shutting them down for their best month of the year. I it just it's so it's so infuriating, so you, infuriating. So when you talk to people, most people agree with you that that uh, they're upset that the restaurants are closed in St. Louis County. 
Uh, yes, of course. Are you uh, finding that those people who have in the past spoke negatively about using a vaccine are starting to change their mind? Because I've encountered a couple of people over the last week or two who said I was skeptical about the vaccine, but now I'm going to get it. Well, I hope that's the case. And um, we need a critical number of people to get this vaccine so that we get to herd immunity. And, you know, one of the one of the things that's been evident here in this early rollout is that we're not giving enough vaccines at enough rapidity uh, to make a dent. You know, somebody estimated I saw in the news today that if we if we keep this pace up that we're currently on with vaccine distribution, it will be 10 years before we get to 80 percent immunized. Well, well that's, that's not going to work. That's no, no good. And uh, so we got to pick up the pace. Uh, you know, we've got p- potentially two more vaccines coming online, uh, but we've got Pfizer, we've got Moderna. They need to be manufacturing. They need to be distributing. And these states have got to get the vaccines okay. out. But so, uh, and- so I get I get that people say, well, it could take this long to get to 80 percent. But as you know, let's say by summertime. Most of us who wanted an opportunity to get this vaccine could hopefully get this vaccine. You hope. Do, yeah. Do, and, and people do that. If you've gone and gotten the vaccine, do you have a moral responsibility to those who've chosen not to get the vaccine to continue to social distance and wear masks? I don't well, think so. I think once we have a vaccine, you have a moral responsibility to take the vaccine, not me having to continue to protect you because you have your head in the sand. Well, the scientists are still suggesting that we that we mask up. I think that'll get a little relaxed after enough people take the vaccine. But, you know, we're still months and months away from that, um, you know, and, and hopefully we can get the distribution out there and people can take the vaccine. And I'm just I can't wait. I cannot wait uh, to just have a normal exist. You know, if you and I want to go to the go sit at a bar. Or go to the Pink Galleon and play a little snooker, yeah. uh, which which we haven't done since March. The uh, night they closed down was the last time you and I were there. Till one a.m. You remember that? I do. My we back played. was killing me the next day. It was three one four. I had a good night until about uh, about eleven thirty. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Are you going to take the vaccine? Are you hearing people make uh, change their minds about it? Do you have a moral responsibility about, to people about, who don't take it? Come on. Or how about these? How about these congressmen that are taking the vaccine? Is that right? Yeah. I've yeah. got thoughts on that. We'll be back after this. It's Michael Kelly and John Hancock. It's Overnight America. It's the voice of St. Louis. It's KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. It's Hancock and Kelly. What are you, John? We've been on Camelax together about 11 years now. Is that right? 12. I think we just crossed over 12. So 12 years together here on Camelax. Now, uh, being left of center on Camelax is, you know, I've gotten my fair bit of insults. But I think tonight was the first time I've ever been called Google-eyed. Wasn't that what he called me? Google-eyed? <laughs> Googly-eyed, yes. Googly-eyed. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that <laughs> now, one. I, now I, I will I've say, been insulted, but that was a pretty I, good insult. I have not seen you googly-eyed uh, in a political debate. However, no. I have seen you googly-eyed uh, in a bar. 
That's true. And, uh, and not when I'm not when I'm sitting there. But well, um, you haven't seen me googly eyed in a bar in the last eight months because we've been true. in this quarantine. And boy, oh boy, true. thank God these vaccines are rolling. And isn't it ironic? I turned on TV the other night, and there's Marco Rubio, and there's Ted Cruz, yeah. Lindsey Graham getting their vaccines. Now these are folks who played along with the narrative that this was a hoax, it was going to magically disappear. That one day it just would go away. There were six people. Then there would be zero, nothing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there they are in line, some of the first people to get the vaccine. Now, yeah. I, I agree. I get for continuity of government, our major leaders yes. should be immunized. Our presidents, yes. our president-elect, our speaker, our Keep going. The leaders of the Congress, our congressional yep. people, our senators, yep. they should be vaccinated. Correct. Um, but boy, it takes some special guts to be the first ones in line when you were out there spreading the narrative that this was a bunch of hogwash. Well, and I'm it, thinking specifically of Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, even people that we read stories about who were on airplanes who refused to put a mask on now are the first ones in line to get the vaccine. Come on, you got some guts. Well, you know, I actually. Uh, agree that the Congress of the United States are essential employees. Uh, that's our government. And they, by rule, by constitution, they have to meet in person. They can't get on a Zoom call and vote. Uh, the constitution does not permit that. And so in order to do the, the people's business, and it is the people's business, They've got to be together, and they're together in the Capitol building, and that building is, as you know, sealed. Uh, lots of marble going around there, and you've got not just the members, but you've got all the staff uh, that that make that place function. I have no problem whatsoever with having members of Congress and the staff in the in the House and the Senate receiving the vaccine, so that the the work of the people which is what they do, whether people appreciate it or not is another story, but yeah, they do the say, work of the people. My, do you take my point, though, where... Yeah, I, mean, I hear you. Specifically with Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, these are people who mocked this. They mocked wearing a mask. Ted Cruz was spotted on airplane flights saying, you know, without a mask, and yet then he's taking the vaccine. I mean, it takes a special kind of guts to sit there and have behaved the way you've been. they've behaved for the last... Uh, months or so, and then be in line and standing there all smiley face. Hey, I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah, you're so. Dope. So, so you're going to get the vaccine, yes? Oh my gosh, I'll take his vaccine, your vaccine, any, all of them. I want to try them all. So the question is, you know, we're not moving with much alacrity at the moment uh, in getting the, these vaccines in arms. Nice work. Uh, thank you. At what point do you think that a 45-year-old, relatively healthy uh, guy like yourself, when do you when do you expect you will well, get the vaccine? I, I only can lean on what Dr. Fauci has said, and, and he's been pretty accurate throughout this entire process. He said that in the first part of January, we were going to see um, first responders, people who work inside the healthcare business go first along with uh, folks over the age of 75. 
Right. Um, and then, you know, essential workers would be in the next wave. So that's everybody from grocery store workers to delivery folks. And then hopefully by what we would normally think is spring training, April or May, folks like yourself and I and others, that essentially the masses would be getting our vaccine. And so I'm hopeful before we go into the heat of the summer that uh, all of us who want the vaccine will be have been able to get it. Well, I think that personally, uh, from the time the pandemic started in March until now, I have put on enough weight that I have elevated my <laughs> risk level uh, so that I think I'll uh, be able to get a vaccine perhaps sooner than somebody like yourself there, big boy. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, first of all, you haven't gained that much weight. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Did, have you, did, did, what about joining a gym? Have you thought about joining a gym? I know. Oh, I did you, join a gym. Did I ever tell you yeah. that story? I forget uh, it. What, well, so, I, well, it was it. years ago. I, I made a New Year's resolution. I was going to work out. So um, they somebody told me they built this new fancy lifetime fitness out in West County. West County. Oh, so, those are uh, fancy. They got the coffee bars oh. in them and everything. So I walk into the place, Michael, and uh, yeah, uh -huh. they got a haircut over here, and they got the they got your little bagels and coffee over there, and uh, you sit down at the desk, and they talk to you about all the amenities, and then they give you the tour, and you're walking through this place. It's amazing. I mean, they got swimming pools, they got movie stars, uh, <laughs> they got the basketball court over here. Uh, you got all your little you know treadmills and whatever you call those things. You got the poles and the Skis oh, that's the elliptical machine. That's yeah. the best machine there is because, yeah. you know, you get the workout, but it doesn't have the impact. They got the, the bathrooms that are just pristine. Everybody's got their own little shower stall with a fancy that's smelling important. soap there. And uh -huh. uh, you got your locker. Um, you got the sauna over there where yeah. you sit down and steam steam's hitting you. I mean, this thing was amazing. And so I, I said, you know, where do I sign up? And he said, well, it's right here. It's uh, whatever it was a month. And I said, I'm in. It's uh, the new year is around the corner, and I'm turning over a new leaf. So I sign up to the Lifetime <laughs> Fitness, and um, I woke up at 5:30 a.m. on January the second because uh, okay. I'd stayed up on New Year's Eve, and so uh, and the leaf, you know, I'm turning the leaf, and so I get at 5:30. Right. I get my sweatpants on. I get my towel. Got my little gym bag there that I got for a Christmas present. And I put all my stuff in there. I got my little squirty little polo cologne, so I smell good coming out. And uh, <clears throat> I drive down to the Lifetime Fitness. I walk in. It's 540 in the morning. And I come up, and there it is. I get to the locker. I put my stuff in the locker. I get out there in my sweatpants. I got my watch on. Um, <clears throat> I get to the treadmill. 33 minutes on the treadmill, Michael. And I'm wow. walking and I'm jogging and I'm Sweat. walking, I'm sweating, I'm sweating. And uh, it was amazing. And so I never felt better in my life. And I get out of there, I go back to the uh, locker room and I'm changing clothes, getting ready to get in the shower. And the guy sitting next to me he said, uh, I haven't seen you here before. I said, it's my first day. <laughs> and he said, well, he said, how often are you going to come? I said, you know, three, four times a week. So I get in the shower, get the, the, the soap, smell the shampoo, amazing. And uh, I get dressed, I squirt the uh, polo on, I, I go home, it's it's 7.20. I'm ready to start the day. I've never felt better in my life. And that is the last time I ever went to a gym. You're kidding. 
That was so it. like you never even made an attempt two or three days later. Uh, no, no, that was so. It. How long do you wait before you throw in the towel and realize mm. I'm going to quit giving them the forty nine bucks a month? Eight months. Well, <laughs> you went one time in eight months and paid four or five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, but it felt good. You could have you you gone and rented a room at the Four Seasons Hotel or the Ritz Carlton <laughs> and accomplished the same thing. Well, you know, but I, the other, you know, I, not just the gym membership. Uh, I think about all the stuff I've signed up for that I'm paying every month. Oh, I got the, uh, I got the Hulu over there. Yeah. I got the, the Netflix over here. I got the yeah. Amazon Prime. I got. I, I'm. I'm paying for stuff. I have no I, idea. Did, Money's flying out the window. Yes, and I wonder if anybody like is like. I think I have too much, because the reality is, is that when I sit down at nighttime to choose something, I wind up jumping between all my services, and I don't ever really pick anything. Right. And I'm beginning to think I have too much. I want less stuff in my life, and maybe less streaming services. Um, who has the best streaming service? Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. 1-800-925-1120. Tell us about your streaming services. I'm going to tell you about Apple and what they're up to, those no good people, after this on KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's Hancock and Kelly on Overnight America. We'll be with you all evening long right here on Camo X. We'd love for you to join us. Give us a holler at 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. And, John, if I wasn't on the radio with you, I'd be staring at my iPhone. And I am this many years old today. I'd be 45 years old. And that's when I found out that at 45 years old, Apple has yet again changed the cords for the new phones so i decided it's time to get a new iphone about every two or three years you got to update the phone right so after you've bought all the cords you have all the little attachments and gizmos you know so you can play your speaker um there you know some maybe you can plug it in on your nightstand right there well now the new iphone they've changed the cords again and i'm sorry i know you don't like government regulation but this is a place where government ought to play a role. Why aren't we standardizing this across the board? Because ultimately this, this is a big bunch of plastic that we're going to have to have made now uh, so that we can all have the latest way to plug in our iPhone, which it's a scam. by the way, the old way was fine. It's a scam. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, they, they do this, they do it on purpose. And now I'm told I don't have the newest iPhone, but I'm told that you don't even get the charger when you get the phone. So you got to buy the charger right. separately. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a scam and it's well, how right. is that possible? They don't give you all of the, that'd be like going to get your car and they don't give you the wheels that, you yes. know, everything else is there. The engine's there. Um, yeah. You know, the climate wheels. control system, but wheels, no, you, you're going to have to get those uh, separately. Well, it's like the old batteries sold separately on the kids' toys. I mean, it's a uh, you oh. know, it's an age-old it's an age-old problem. But these uh, these tech companies, and I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they keep changing the plug-in. Well, there's nothing wrong with the plug-in that we have now. You got a you got a hole. You got a plug. You put the plug in the hole, and <laughs> right. uh, you know, and and that's you charge your phone. 
And then they, they come up with a new phone. They get a new plug. Now your old plug doesn't fit the hole. And so you can't charge the phone with the plug that you've got. And you got to go buy a new plug. Well, right. it, you know, that's wrong. It's wrong. Have you seen these devices they sell too that, you know, that perfectly holds your iPhone right there on your countertop or maybe on your uh, bed chest? Oh, and, yeah. And you can yeah. put the phone in there and it's got the yeah. time and stuff. Well, that no longer works because the old gizmo that attached it, well, they, they've changed it. I think they're all in cahoots with each other. And it's just. It's just wrong. It's big tech wanting to take more money from us. Well, it's all cahoots. I mean, they're a bunch of cahoots, and hey, uh, they're out they're out there cahooting against us. Isn't, and isn't it kind and, of interesting though that Donald Trump's going after the tech industry when, money. when he is president today because of social media? I mean, it is there is something a little ironic about the fact that he's on a tear about this two thirty thing. Well, and you know, the 230 thing is interesting because um, I actually agree with it. What 230 does is you agree it shields, with him or you agree with the protection for the I agree with company. the protection. Yeah. Uh, because right now, if somebody, some idiot, tweets out something that is, you know, uh, libelous, yeah. libelous against somebody, um, you, you can sue them for tweeting it out, but you can't sue. Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. And right. if you allow people to sue the platform every time somebody libels somebody else, then, you know, you're not going to have the platform. So if, if you want the platforms, you've got to have that yeah. liability protection. And Republicans typically are in favor of limiting liability wherever possible, limiting lawsuits, limiting frivolous lawsuits. And if you remove the Section 230 protection, then any then these platforms are going to be potentially liable, legally liable for anything that's said or placed on their platform. That's I don't think that's right. Yeah, but isn't it kind of consistent with Donald Trump? Like, of course, social media elected President Trump. So he's going to be opposed to social media. Um, you know, it's just it, the guy's just an interesting paradox. Barack Obama golfs too much. Therefore, when Donald Trump's there, he golfs four times as much as Barack Obama ever did. Um, and, I mean, he's just projecting his behavior all the time. And I really think that's what this is about. I think he's upset that he can't social media himself back into the White House. So I'll show those social media guys. I think this guy's really quite delusional to me. Well, he's a he's a fascinating study, um, to be sure. I gotta believe that his golf game is pretty good, though. Uh, you know, they say if you spend ten thousand hours doing anything, you're going to be quite good at it. No, I mean that's that's kind of the you know whether it's playing the piano or or whatever macrame. Yeah. Uh, if you spend enough time, you're going to become yep. world class doing well, he, that thing. He's been doing that a lot. He's down there in Florida golfing quite a bit. Uh, do you remember when, I, when the amount of golf that Barack Obama played was such a serious focal point issue that we needed to discuss all the time? Vaguely. Uh, but yeah, you would, vaguely. But, but you've not heard what the president's handicap is. I would be interested to know. Um, I, I think it's a whether hair. his his handicap has improved during the course of his presidency. Maybe or his waistline. I mean. He may well have been playing this much golf before. We just don't know. But uh, if you do something as often and repetitively as that, you've got to get better. It's like you and <laughs> you and I shooting pool. I mean, yeah. we have both we've both gotten better shooting pool, considerably uh, be better. 
yeah, considerably better. You're you're uh, much further along on your ten thousand hours to perfection than I am. Well, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't I don't like to talk. You know, we we you've taught me a new game that I didn't even know existed. I knew that yeah. schnooker existed. I knew right. that nine ball existed. I knew straight that traditional pool. eight ball existed. Yeah. Now we're yeah. playing a game called straight pool. Yeah. And the thing about straight pool is, is none of the colors and numbers really matter. It's just right. about sinking balls. Yeah, I really like it, that. That's a lot it's of a, fun. It's a great game, and it's one of the oldest. Uh, it's a pure pocket billiards game. You just, you know, shooting balls in pockets and keep shooting till you miss. And uh, when you shoot 14 in, and there's one left, you re-rack the 14, you keep going, you play to 100 points or 150, whatever you decide. And, yeah, it's a, it's a great game and lots of lots of strategy. And I like it. I like it better than eight ball or, or nine, nine ball is kind of a luck game. Uh, you can get lucky in nine ball. So I love that nine ball. I like to get lucky. I wonder if any of our fellow billiard brothers and sisters are out there. What's, what's happening with the billiards tournaments in the midst of the pandemic or, are they still having the local get-together uh, billiards tournaments where you can win a little bit of money, show up, wear a mask, or has the billiard tournament just gone on the wayside during this pandemic? Well, let's uh, let's check in with Larry, who's joining us. Larry, you're on KMOX. What's going on, brother? I'm good. How are you two? Good. We are very well, Larry. So you say if you do something long enough, you get better at it, right? That's what they yeah. say. Obama was in office eight years, and I didn't see him getting any better at it, but that's not why I called. <laughs> Go right ahead. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a math question for both oh. of you. All right. Let me get my pen okay. out. Hold on. Yeah, get, it's, it's pretty simple. I think the Republicans will probably get this faster than a Democrat, but I'm All not right. sure. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> so Trump, <clears throat> Trump got 74 million votes. Seventy-four million. Got that? No one's no one's contested that. That's a that's a number. That's the actual number. No one's contested seventy-four million. That's right. So the next number is there's a hundred and thirty-three million voters registered in the United States. That's uncontested. That's the okay. count. One hundred and thirty-three million. All right. So if you subtract the seventy-four from the hundred and thirty-three, yeah. how do you get eighty million for uh, Biden? Hold on, hold on, carry the one. Hold on, let's see. We go to twelve over here. There's fifty nine million, and that would leave fifty nine million left, Larry. That's it. So how do you get eighty million there, Mister Democrat? Oh, All right, we really will. Uh, insightful stuff we will, there, Larry. We will break this down. We will break this down, Larry. Thanks so much for your call, and uh, thanks so much for sounding like John Goodman. That was yeah. uh, that so, was lovely. None, none of the votes for for Donald Trump would have been fraudulent there, right? Under under this uh, scenario that John Goodman just laid out there for that's, us. That's that's correct. How much that's longer correct. do you think this is going to go on, where people are questioning the legitimacy of a of an election that was well, run look, by? I mean, tens many of millions people of people in Republicans. Yeah, ten, tens of millions of people voted for the other guy. He lost. How much longer is this going to go on? What are we up to? What are, are we just going to tear democracy apart? Are we just not going to believe in the system of elections anymore? Are we going to come up with these fantasies with, from Q and Z and all this other nonsense? I mean, I don't get it. What are we up to here, Larry? <laughs> well, 
I did do the math though. That would leave fifty nine million votes if in fact Yeah, fifty nine uh, million votes. That's all Joe correct. Biden got. The rest of it was rigged and all these Republican secretaries of states and lieutenant governors have participated in it. And you know what the perfect thing to show our protest to this rigged election, John, would be for What's people that? not to participate uh, on the Republican side in Georgia. They should not go and vote for either of those Republican senatorial candidates. This rigged process um, is a problem, and the best way for them to show it is just not the vote. Well, that Georgia election is going to dictate a lot about the future of our country. We're going to break that down for all of you fine people when we come back. Michael Kelly, John Hancock, it's Overnight America. In for Ryan Record on the voice of St. Louis, KMLX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Hello, everybody. John Hancock, Michael Kelly. We are in for Ryan Recker. It's Overnight America on the Voice of St. Louis. We've been talking about, well, pretty much everything here tonight. And uh, we're going to break down right now what we I even think is the We talked to most... John Goodman. Yeah, we did. We're going to break John down Goodman. right now. Don't you feel sorry for that guy, John Goodman? You know, no. you got somebody out there sounding like him in that. No, uh, Larry was a great caller. Uh, appreciated Larry's call. Uh, but one of the most <laughs> consequential things going on right now in American politics is uh, an election that's going to take place just over a week from now in the state of Georgia. There are two U.S. Senate seats uh, in play there. And you've got the Republican incumbents, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. Uh, who are running against Democrats. The Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock is running against Leffler. And David Ossoff, the young 35-year-old, is running against David Perdue. Um, the, the outcome of those races are going to determine which party controls the U.S. Senate. Now, the polling, and, and I don't much trust polling. Yeah, we don't days, trust Michael. it. No. Uh, but the polling is showing the race very, very close. Uh, we think that there's been an influx of young people voting. We think that there's been an influx of minority votes there in Georgia. Uh, Georgia typically is a state that leans Republican and pretty decisively Republican. They've not had a U.S. senator uh, Democrat from Georgia since, I think, Sam Nunn uh, some 30 years ago. So, it's been a long, long time since the Democrats have elected a senator. If Republicans win just one of these two seats, they will maintain the majority in the Senate. Mitch McConnell will continue to be the Senate majority leader. If the Democrats win both of the seats, then Chuck Schumer becomes the Senate majority leader. It's a 50-50 Senate. Uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, will break the tie. Uh, this is Sounds like have utopia a to me. It's going to have a profound effect on what governing looks like over the next two years, to be certain. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that well, a little bit. Yeah, um, and, and, and the question is, is what what has the antics of Donald Trump and the RNC in the midst of all this done to the Republican Senate candidates? Um, and I'm being completely serious right now. Um, Democrats did win the presidential election in Georgia, um, yet uh, the Republicans, it has been a right of center state. The balance of the control of the United States Senate now resides in Georgia. We've seen 65,000 new registered voters 
just since the last election, folks, the last election, yes, that election, the one that we all went out and voted either for Donald Trump or Joe Biden, since that election, 65,000 people have registered. So the focus and the eyes of the country, and for that matter, the world are now on Georgia. In the midst of this, we've had Donald Trump out there for a better part of four or five weeks now saying that the election's rigged, even in Georgia, saying specifically it's rigged there. and You can't trust the process. People shouldn't participate in it because it's being run by rogue Democrats, even though the state's run by Republicans. And it's a narrative, John, that has to be making Republicans a bit scared. There's been some legitimate conversation by legitimate, I guess legitimate Republicans, that the best way to show their displeasure with what they say is a rigged system is to not participate in the Senate election. And boy, oh boy, how great would that be? Yeah, not not so much. Um, I think, you know, the, the inverse of that argument is that if you believe the elections are rigged, I don't, uh, but many do. And if you believe the elections are rigged, then you better get out in force and make sure you win by a lot so it can't be stolen. And I think that narrative is beginning to play out uh, with some of the Republican electorate. And the president's going to show up there on the Monday before the election on January 4th and have, a, am sure, a large rally. Uh, it's, here, here's the thing. If Republicans hold the Senate, then you've got President Joe Biden who's got a left flank that is way out there, the AOCs of the world, and even uh, to a certain extent, the Kamala Harris's of the world, that would want to push the party further and further to the left. If the Republicans hold the Senate, then if President Biden wants to accomplish anything in terms of policy, he's going to have to come to the middle and work something out. If the Democrats take the Senate and they control it, even though it's going to be difficult for them to enact really liberal policies because they've got Joe Manchin and, and others in their caucus, uh, there's going to be a tremendous pressure on the Biden administration to go at some of these very far left. I'm talking about defunding police, defunding the military, uh, things that, that the, the left of the Democratic Party really wants to do. Uh, it's going to it's going to fundamentally affect his presidency. I actually think Joe Biden is better served as a president with a Republican Senate. But that's my opinion. Well, uh, that, that I would assume that's probably a popular opinion with many Republicans. Were you were you listening or were you taking a little time off? There? No, I was just letting you do your rambling there where you went out and made it sound like the world's going to fall if Democrats take over. Not to mention for the past several years, we've had Republicans own every aspect of government and ramrod a lot of things through, especially through the executive process. Um, and I guess we're going to see. Uh, of, of President Biden doing a lot of what President Trump did and spending the first several months of their uh, presidency writing executive orders and doing what yeah. the previous president did. Um, and I anticipate we'll see that. Donald Trump did a lot of that about Barack Obama's policies. And then you think about some of the policies that Donald Trump's come forward with. Inevitably, Joe Biden's going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, I think that's right. And um you know, in, it's been my opinion now for a while that the executive branch and the power of the executive branch has gotten out of it's gotten out of whack. Uh, it goes back to you could 
you could say it goes back to George W. Bush. Certainly it goes back to Barack Obama. And it most definitely has included Donald Trump, where all of these executive orders that are borderline legislation um, are going into effect, I think, to the detriment of our system. You know, the government is supposed to work so that policy is, is set uh, by a vote of Congress and a bill signed by the president. That's the way it's supposed to work. And these executive orders, both sides, uh, in my opinion, have, have gotten out of, out of control. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but you know what? Turnabout's fair play. And for four years, we've had Muslim bans and everything else. So I would anticipate that Joe Biden's going to be revving that machine up. What do we got next hour, pal? Well, that's my buddy, Michael Kelly. When we come back, you know, we've been talking politics, but that's not what's really important out there. Do you let your dog sleep on the bed? And if so, is it a good thing or does it gross you out? That's coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, Camel X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 